everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David Nikki Nellis. And this is a special day. A little over a year ago, Nikki and I took our kids. You should be saying that very differently. It's like a little over a year ago. <laughs> well, I will, I'm cry in a minute, but I'm working on another trip. We were, in, <laughs> we were in Umbria for 11 glorious days. Umbria is a gorgeous province uh, just south of Tuscany. Assisi's there. Perugia's there. And fortunately for us, Umbria is also here in D.C. because Via Umbria is a store that was founded by our friends Bill and Susie Menard. It's on Wisconsin Avenue in Georgetown, and it is, I got the whole list here. It's not just a market, it's a wine store, a butchery, a cheese cave, a cafe, Wait, a formal restaurant. and upstairs, you can do classes, I'm, I'm, I, it's why everything. Are you jumping, why are you killing me here? Because that's what I do. And that's what you do, but it is basically all Umbria all the time there, and Bill and Susie are in studio with some other friends of ours. Well, I think before you get into that, I mean, one of the things that was so fabulous with Bill and Susie is that before we planned our trip to Italy, we just wound up going to Umbria. We didn't, it was just by chance that we got a house there. So we didn't really know anything. And we were so fortunate that you guys were so generous with all this information and you introduced us to so many fabulous people, many of whom are in studio with us today. So we owe you uh, a big thank you. Which I think we did. We which took you out to dinner. Yeah. We did take you out to dinner, which so is, thank you. But which still. Is, which is what I was about to say. Okay. But let me After introduce. we're on the show, we'll mm-hmm. call it even. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. All right. So, S- S- Simone Proietti Pesci is the chef owner of Le Delizie del Borgo in a great little, little, a, little. A little hill town, really, called Bavagna. We mm-hmm. call it, yeah, it's gorgeous. And he's brought a friend of ours, Desiderio. We had uh, New Year's Eve dinner there uh, last year. Last year. And uh, he was actually our, our, you waited on us. He doesn't remember. Mm-hmm. He's looking at me like, I never seen you I have no idea here. who you are. None. None and, whatsoever. And Albertino and Jessica Pardee are here. The family owns and operates Cantina Fratelli Pardee, which means the Party Brothers Winery to you Yanks, uh, in Montefalco in Umbria. And uh, they also have a tessitura, a, a, a textile uh, factory. In fact, we took the, our our runner to the dry cleaner yesterday. Yes, and we I did. We bought you, a beautiful, beautiful runner. We did. And uh, an old friend of the show, Liam Lachavita, is here. He's the executive chef now at Via Umbria. You know him from other spots in D.C., but now, and I wish, well, we're on Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. We better be. Cause our, Not yet. Our producer, We Tessa, can't do it yet because we have to talk to Mitch. Why our, don't we talk to Mitch, and then we can move all right, forward? Well, we'll do that. And okay. then Scott Weiss is here. Scott is the head butcher and is responsible for all these gorgeous meats we're looking at. Mm-hmm. So before we get to Via Umbria, we're going to talk to our buddy Mitch Berliner at Central Farm Markets to find out what's going on there. Are you there, my friend? Oh, my God. Are you drowning, my friend? No. No. It's, no. It's actually just drizzling a little. It's almost like 55, 58 degrees. Oh, so it's balmy. Are you balmy. on a little paddle boat? It's balmy or? out there. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a nice crowd. We've got wineries. Mm-hmm. We've got breweries. We've mm-hmm. got lots of farmers, bakeries. So we're in business. We're doing our thing. Barbecue, pizza. You name what it. What barbecue is there today? we got Strokers here and mm-hmm. um, in Bethesda. And then um, starting in uh, April, we will have... Um, Old Dominion at Pike, mm. and we will have 
somebody is operating out of Frontier Kitchen, or the name escapes me, over at Mosaic. So we've got different barbecue people, some of the best barbecue around town. Well, let me ask you an important and, question. Is Meat Crafter set up out there today with your skinny salamis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not only that, but I have to tell your listening audience and your Umbria folks. Yes. My Umbria folks? Our, that's <laughs> our, where our equipment is from. And oh, your equipment, actually, his equipment at, at Meat Crafters it, is from Umbria. Good. Right. So we got our equipment from there, and we also learned um, – some of our skills when we went out there for training, uh, in addition to we've, we've got training in Canada and, and Spain, et cetera, but Umbria is like Salami Central. So these guys ought to hook up with me, craft this for their store. <laughs> that All is right. a great idea. We will absolutely make that introduction. That is a terrific idea. How to make his skinny salami. They, they can't hear you in Umbria. Right. <laughs> right. But I, I just I have to tell you something. It's yes. so funny. When the guy came to set up the freezer mm-hmm. and the cure, not the freezer, the curing rooms, the fermenting rooms, etc. Yes. He's the owner of the company. He didn't speak a word of English. Mm-hmm. So they told him. You should have had David there. Yeah. So you have to have somebody. So Paolo Italiano. Yes. Best, best, best friend mm-hmm. who's a glass blower, learned Italian when he studied in Murano. And we had so much fun. During the day, we put the thing together. At night, we had big dinners at my house. And... Uh, um, and you never knew what Lou the guy was Trent, saying? No, no. Lou, our good friend, came down, stayed with us, and he was our translator. Dude, you have to go to Umbria and, like, yeah, stay a couple of weeks and then come back speaking the language, the mother tongue. Yeah. All right, Mitch, tell everybody where they can find you today, please. Well, of course, we are open. Rain, shine, hot, cold, you name it. Mm-hmm. Central Farm Markets, year-round, Mosaic District in Fairfax, the Bethesda Elementary School. Big selections, both markets. Come on down, support your local farmers. All right, you can Mitch. also see about us online, centralfarmmarkets.com. Fantastic. Right. Thank Take you, care. Mitch. Stay dry. Thank you. Yes, stay dry, you please. You got it. All right, Bye-bye. so let's turn to our friends Bill and Susie Menard, who are the patron saints of our love for Umbria, because <laughs> they really did lay out a trip for us that we went truffle hunting, and we had Francesco doing great tours, and, uh, mm-hmm. and oh these God, guys and Assisi in Assisi and Perugia. And, and we had a blast, and we ate at Simone's for, for New Year's, we and did? we went to Albertino and Jessica's and everybody else in that family's vineyard. <laughs> we had a blast, and it's all because of you guys. So, But kind of, can you take us back to the beginning? How did all this happen? Because you didn't wake up one morning owning Via Umbria, or <laughs> did you? Yeah. Well, if you talk to our bank, we still don't own it. <laughs> that's for a different show. That's, yeah. how, that's, that's how I refer to my house. Right. Too. Exactly. <laughs> no, uh, this is uh, you know something that sort of grew up over probably the last 20, 25 years. We started an actual business maybe 25 years ago. On uh, you know, it but was you a, look so youthful. Yeah, really. Because we drink a lot of wine. Mm. That's, that's, that's the pres- beauty of the uh, the Umbrian wine right. and olive oil. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but we're. I mean, I think what might be of interest to your listeners is we're we're foodies. We didn't start this. As, we we were not professionally. We weren't trained as in in the food and hospitality industry. We were doing other things and went to Italy as people who were interested in food uh, and. Oh. That's the place where if you have any interest, you're going to develop it. You're going to, you know, go head over heels or hog wild, as you might say. Right. So we slowly started out in the business doing Susie's simple like, let things. me take over. Exactly. Yeah, go ahead, Susie. <laughs> let me tell you and, what's going um, you know, we yeah. had four young kids at home. So we started out with ceramics and olive oil and coffee. And then once they moved out of the house, we started to sort of like live our dream, which was to create a small Italian village 
here in Washington where we could do all the different things under one roof and where we had the time um, and energy and ability to focus on it. And, you know, the four kids who could occasionally come in and take on the business with us. Well, what's interesting is it's kind of because of all the different facets that are that, you know, I mean, the, it really is all Umbria all the time. It's yeah. kind of like a little village. It's it like a little community. But so, wait, but when yeah. you started Via Umbria here, your new place in Georgetown, mm -hmm. right? When you guys started that, originally you were more product oriented, yeah. right? Like initially. Well, but then, am I wrong? Like then all of a did. sudden you had a kitchen and then you had a eh, butcher you know, and a cheese shop and like <laughs> a demo. So like what, how did they We had this architect and DCRA <laughs> and all these like boards we had to get permission from right. in yeah. order to be able to do our renovations. So okay. when we first bought the building, we opened up with the with the products that we already had that fit into this space. All the while in advance of that, we were working with the great architectural team, working uh -huh. with the city, trying to figure out how we could create the food service space yeah. in that building. As soon as we got our permits, we closed <clears> the doors. 24 hours later, we looked at each other like, should we do this? And all of a sudden, we I got I did a, not think that's what you were going to say. All of a sudden, we got a I photo. wanted divorce. <laughs> we said that plenty of times. We got a photo from the contractor, yeah. and they had demolished everything in like, like you know two late. hours flat. And it's like, we're going ahead, yeah. full steam. <laughs> But the idea, the, the plan was uh, when we when we moved in in 2014 and we were in that retail mode, that was kind of a continuation of what we'd done in Bethesda for seven, ten years. Uh, and that was a continuation and expansion of what we had done online before that. But the plan really was to come in and do what we're doing now. Um, and it, it's continually evolving. I mean, uh, what we are today is a little bit different than what we were a year ago. Uh, the personnel is different, uh, and it, it ever evolves. But really what motivated us was our time in Italy and just the way that people around the table create a community. And that's really what we want to do and what we've been doing I mean, in Georgetown. It's no secret to anybody that listens to this show that I lived in Italy for a while and I'm an Italian. Oh my God, you lived crazy. in Italy? Oh, shit. No. <laughs> Wait, did Auntie live there in Italy no too? Place, there is no place. What, what was that word? The divorce word? I <laughs> there is no place. You I, and I've, traveled, you know, I've traveled to lots of countries. There's no place on the face of the earth where whether you're a friend, a family member, or a stranger, where people are more... There's more warmth and more, you know, like mm -hmm. the word community was used already. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, I mean, that's Italy. I mean, Italy yeah, it is, is the most wonderful place Another on the face of the Another thing about Earth. it, too, though, is that, that Italians, if, if you're a foodie, because, again, we were doing other things before we became Via Umbria and before that Bella Italia. But we were interested. We loved food. We cooked a little bit. We definitely went out to restaurants. But when you go to Italy, if you're a foodie, you realize that everyone there, not just the Simones and the uh, Albertinos that are in the food business, but every person there is a foodie. Right. People in their basement, if they're, you're an accountant, you have storage of wine. Uh, you may be uh, curing some meat in your basement, in your, in your cantina or whatever. And it's well, just you know, everyone does that. And speaking we, of wine, uh -huh. <laughs> I think we should talk about it just a little bit before we take a commercial break. So come on up. Albertino. Albertino. Benvenuto. Grazie. How are you? Very well. So we met, Albertino. we met Albertino last year at his family's uh, winery. Mm -hmm. He uh, took us for a beautiful tour. We got to see the vines. And uh, you have this gorgeous tasting room. Is it actually in Montefalco? What's it, where, where yes. is it? Okay. I mean, it's it's stunning. And we got we had a great tour, but the wines are stunning. So Multifalco is from the Umbrian region, and I don't feel like a lot of people stateside know a lot about Multifalco, and it's really a very easy-drinking wine. So <laughs> can you give us a little um, history of sort of the grapes from the Umbrian region? Yeah, sure. 
the the grape uh, Atoli Montefalco is the right point to start because it's one of the areas where we have um, indigenous grape that is Sagrantino. Would you listen to that accent? I, I can know. kiss this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please don't. His wife is here. His wife is here. Sorry, please. go ahead. <laughs> okay, sorry for the accent. <laughs> now he's all embarrassed. I know, my wife complained a lot about that. But <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I think it's, uh, it's interesting to see. It's, it's very difficult to talk about a grape in Italy because each area, each village, each place, almost each family have his own grape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so or it's funny to think when some people are talking about Sagrantino grape, there is different clones and somebody says, mine is better than yours because I have this and yours doesn't have this. <laughs> it's very, very interesting. In, um, yeah, so I think uh, also the situation changed a little bit and um, Montefalco was very well known for red wine, especially sweet red wine that is Passito. And now it's also going very well known to have also white wine that is the Trebbiano Spoletino today. Mm-hmm. Well, we have to take a commercial break in about 30 seconds, but you sure. did pour a white wine for us. What did you pour us first? Uh, I pour, we started with the Trebbiano Spoletino. Okay. Uh, that is very fashion. And you don't have moment. it super cold. It's almost almost room temperature. Yeah, I think uh, the right time, the right temperature to taste is this temperature. So you can really enjoy the smell and mm-hmm. it's a semi-aromatic, so you can a lot of it's flour. Taste real in the palate. Not it's delicious. I have two empty glasses I in front of me. I'm not sure you drank them. We, right. had a, we had a sip of this in, in Umbria with your mom, Augusta. No, it's we? not his mom. Is it your aunt. His aunt. aunt. Your aunt. Yes, sorry. Your aunt. Okay. Please yeah, she, don't say his she, mom. But she's his very mom maternal, is very different. Right. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Sorry. All right. No this problem. is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We're getting a taste of Italy in studio. We'll be right back. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis and all of our friends from Via Umbria in Georgetown and Umbria in Italy, Bill and Susie Menard and Albertino Party. Albertino, I want to stay with you because um, you were talking about the grapes, and I want to let you finish that. And I want to talk about how winemaking in Italy might differ from, say, and there's some very fine wines in the U.S., but how the, the techniques might differ. Actually, I never have experience to make wine in in America or in other countries, so maybe... You can come and stay with us. Okay. I know, man. <laughs> Listen, Jessica. <laughs> Jessica can come too. <laughs> and uh, but what what I can feeling is uh, in Italy is more uh, very family business. Is all most of my friends they have own winery. They are inside family. Is more like tradition things to do. Is not something that you just go in the business. And so in some way, I want to say maybe I don't take me wrong, but. In America, it's more professional things. In, yes. In Italy, Mo- most people in America are making their wines to sell their wines. Whereas exactly. in Italy, you're right. There are lots of, everybody has vines in their backyard because they make a wine for their house. Exactly. So our, our history, our tradition is that the farmer have some wines, have some olive oil just mm-hmm. to supply the family, not to selling. And it was a pleasure to guest people and offer that thing. So I think that's our traditional way to, to make wine and still in that way. So maybe you see very nice wine, perfect wines, and not really big technology to make it, but just passion and look after very well the vines. But in taking over your the wines in your family business, were there things you wanted in your wines as far as 
the flavors and, and taste the profiles of the wines? Sorry, I couldn't understand. Okay. <laughs> Is the wine different than your father? Yes. Oh, actually, my father skipped the generation. Okay. So <laughs> my father tried one time make a vinegar, so yeah, okay. I think okay. I make that, different. That, got it. But that's actually, that's kind no, of no. the story I remember, <laughs> that your, your, your uncles started the, the, the vineyard, and then your dad kind of uh, you know moved on to other things, and didn't you kind of come in there? No, that, that's why. I, 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 I'm joking, but... Um, I want to say um, we remember how grandfather made wine. Mm -hmm. So technically, uh, he was really the more technician than my father. <laughs> okay. And um, uh, it's interesting because the technology changed. Mm -hmm. I want to say maybe we take some different material to fermenting. Like we use steel, he was using wood. But this is more for hygienic reasons. So it's more easy to keep clean the winery in this way. Mm -hmm. But the aging, the process, the way that you make wine is still the same. Totally the same. Right. We still push down manually the grapes. But you went and actually studied. On I studied that, yes. Yeah, yes. I, and I mean, you went to Milano, correct? No, to Conegliano, Veneto, oh. near Prosecco area. Okay, <laughs> and I mean, what, what did you learn there that impacts you because you're no longer just a family winemaker? Yeah. You're uh, a pro. Actually, the, the, the story I like to tell about the Conegliano uh, school when I went is a university for winemaker. Mm, they sound very strange sometimes <laughs> when they're I thinking about that. There's, there's a lot of drinking on campus. <laughs> right. exactly Everybody stinko all the time. <laughs> Your main thing is drinking. That's all you oh, need no. to do. But <laughs> and um, is uh, as soon as we go inside, the the first lesson from the teacher was remember that from good grape you can make bad wine or good wine, mm -hmm. but with the bad grape you can make only bad wine. So they really point, point attention on the grape. So, so the wine's me, made in the field. Exactly. Mm -hmm. no, that, your that's that's yeah. uh, what I want to say. And and I think it was the, exactly the same things that my grandfather was doing, my great-grandfather was doing too. So really everything starts on the field before going in the winery. And that's why we don't we try to don't use to processing too much the grape inside. So mm -hmm. we're thinking you have a good grape, less you touch, better is the result. Mm -hmm. Well, what about the use of, because fertilizers and insecticides, the things that protect the vines or, or make the vines more robust, but can, you know, have a negative effect? Yeah, you you need to know what you're doing. It's the same for human people. I think if you take a medicine, you don't take a medicine or antibiotic every day. So when you need, you use it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same for the vines. So exactly when you need and if you need and exactly the amount that you need need to be used. Got it. Um, so for the people who are really into wine, what would you explain the terroir of your region? Actually, it's difficult to talk about region because our property is 27 acres divided in five different areas. And you're mm -hmm. like on a hill. Exactly. In the Montefalco Hill mm -hmm. and different portion, maybe the farthest place between one and the other is around two miles. Mm -hmm. But inside the same field, because it's a hill, you have three different kinds of ground. Mm -hmm. More you're going down, more you have bigger clay. Sure. And more you're going up. Uh, sorry, more you are up, you have bigger clay. More you're, you're going, going down, down. Is, is smaller clay. Right. So, and this creates a different situation in, in the field, too. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't sound like big different when you see the numbers, because if you see the analysis, is like 3 or 4% different between big clay and small clay. But... It, it is. It's right. affect the wine. So, um, I want to say technically it's very clay region mm -hmm. and uh, not really white clay, so a little bit dark. 
And uh, the important part, I think, is the big concentration of the stone inside the ground. And that's, I think, help a lot to take it out of water. That mm -hmm. is one of the things that diluted the wine and maybe... So what are we tasting right now? You're now tasting the Montefalco Rosso. Which that is, is delicious. It is delicious. Just it's such a so drinkable I, wine. You know, I'm embarrassed to say I sucked mine down. In the yeah, I mean, we it is more, such a delicious wine. I just want to go to college with Albertino. Okay. That's what I want to do. So now right. we're going to bring on Liam. We need you to come up to Mike and, and Simone. Simone. So we met, uh, we met uh, Liam Lachavita is a well-known chef here locally. I call yeah. you a celebrity chef. We've known Liam a long time. Yeah, we've known a long time. And Simone Proietti Pesci was born in Spoleto, which is right near yeah. Bavagna, where his restaurant is. Uh, we met him. He's a longtime friend and, and colleague of Bill and Susie Menard's. Um, and he's been doing, he's been a guest chef at Via Umbria for the past eight years, right? Coming yeah. into town. Right. And, yeah. So you and Liam, well, let's talk a little bit about you because you didn't stray far from home. You're born in Spoleto. You've got a, a fabulous, the restaurant is, if I remember correctly, it's all glass. Right, right? and it's right. right outside the gate. Because the restaurant is in a, in a main park. So mm -hmm. we're building this new uh, building uh, in the park and we choose to make only wool so the people can... Can see How did through. you get permission to do that? To build an apartment? <laughs> did you do? We, did right, you, like, wait, 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 wait. We'll have election now. So. Pay? <laughs> and it's a beautiful spot. It's a beautiful spot in, in a, in like a summertime. Question. Yeah, in the summertime and the wintertime as well. So it's really enjoyable. And well, you can, I just want to tell everybody that when we went there for New Year's Eve, I mean, it was. A fabulous evening, plus there were fireworks that night. So everybody just right. went to the park afterwards and watched the fireworks. And you're right outside the gates, like these right. huge gates are, into the town. We are in the only small hill in Bevagna because Bevagna is one of the two cities in Umbria that is completely flat, except our restaurant that is up to the small hill. <laughs> so we are really a unique. Very, a very effective hill town in protecting itself against yeah. marauders. Right. It's like, let's roll down and take Bavania. It actually was a famous Roman port, if you can believe it. That a was a, a seaport because the river was very wide at the, back in the ah. Roman times. So, yeah. Well, so how did today. you wind up with Bill and Susie? Well... Luck, huh? Okay, all right. I mean, we don't need to know all the details. Let's um, let's bring it up to a little I met them, today. I met them uh, almost ten years ago mm -hmm. when there was they were looking for a property to buy in in uh, in Umbria, and they bought in Canara, that it's a village not far from Bevagna. So just one day they walk in into the main square and look my old restaurant that was in that square and look on the right, and they came in. in and something magic happened that, that day, and we are here now with a... <laughs> Enough said. What's your partnership, before we get into Liam, but what's your partnership with him? Because you bring him in all the time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he hosts <clears throat> dinners, yeah. um, and so what is it in your partnership with Simone? It's just uh, incredible respect for him, uh, you know. <laughs> In Italy, everything is built on relationships. And uh, as Simone said, we bought a property in Umbria about 10 years ago, and we made it our business to go very slowly and to meet people, uh, to show respect and not be the sort of ugly, loud Americans. And Why did you look at me when you said that? <laughs> um, but in addition, when we designed the kitchen in Via Umbria, we designed a kitchen that we wanted uh, Simone and people with that same sort of temperament and style to be able to come and cook where you can be in a kitchen where there's no secrets and you're in front of everyone 
and everybody sees what's happening at the moment. Mm -hmm. Well, Liam, why don't you step up to the mic, because you guys are collaborating on, mm -hmm. on a, a number of things. Why don't you tell us about that? Uh, well, we do, uh, like since December, we've done a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, chef's table dinners, uh, wine dinners, uh, a lot of stuff uh, that's very typical of, of, uh, of Umbria, which is nice for me because <clears throat> I kind of do a little bit of everything and then being able to kind of concentrate on one section of, uh, of Italy because, as you know, every, everything over there is so micro-regional. It's, it's very nice. So, um, it, you know, we, we mix it up a bit, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> right, but Drink so when wine. you came, so you came in to Via Umbria, what a year ago, almost yes, a year ago. Yes, almost a year ago. Yeah. Okay, so when you came in, what did you decide you wanted to do? Because you do so. I mean, there's so many different kinds of food offerings there between the cafe and um, the classes and the dinners and, and the, the brunch yeah, and the blah blah fine blah. Dining so like, and a cafe right. And so like, mm -hmm. how did you come in and tackle all those those? offerings what well, you know for me it's i've been doing this since i was 15 that's the only thing i know how to do so, two years. <laughs> so it's been two years yeah, it's been two years yeah, a nice yeah. beard for uh, a 17 year old right. that's the red wine that does mm -hmm. that. <laughs> um so you know it, it's you know um I, I guess the you know when i first got there it's like a candy store you know so when you're <laughs> when you're in there and and you kind of see what you what you can do with uh what's what's already there and I've, I've been doing it for so long that, um, you know, we just it just worked out. I mean, you know. It, <laughs> and how do you thing. and Simone work together? Like when he comes into town, how do you guys collaborate? Well, he's great. You got to get in front of the mic. <laughs> he's great. I need to get in front of the mic. I think he's the most calm and organized person that I saw in Via Umbria. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> It's, it's a pleasure to work with me? him. It's <laughs> you are not a chef. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I, I like to call them both out, and uh, but especially Liam because he does this day in and day out. Uh, you know, Simone has come in and, and done some great things over the month, but Liam really does, as you said. There, there's a cafe running. You know, Monday, uh, Tuesday through Sunday mm -hmm. from seven a.m. till nine o'clock on the weekends. Um, we've got classes going on. Uh, we're doing catering, carry-out lunches and dinners. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have the whole chef's table dinner, which are the public dinners on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then Susie's booking uh, uh, private events all the time. Right. And so it's well, not because, like... But I want to interrupt you because <clears throat> yeah. I don't think people understand the space. And we have to we have to take a commercial break. When we go back, okay. let's talk about the space and how sure. it's laid out. And then I want to discuss all these classes and what they mean and how they, they go into effect. Because I think for the uninitiated, it can sound... A little confusing and overwhelming. Yes. All right, this Even is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We have a taste of Italy in studio. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Before we get back to the show, I want to thank our wonderful sponsors, ProFish, uh, the market at River Falls, Central Farm Markets, and Meat Crafters. If you're mm -hmm. out there listening and you're not a sponsor, I don't know what's wrong with you, but all you got to do is get in touch, and we'll put you on the show. Mm -hmm. So now we're talking to our friends from Via Umbria. Which is we have a little bit of Italy in studio. A lot of bit of Italy. Look uh -huh. at all this food. Can we just talk about? We have to. There's so much food in here, and if you're not watching us on Facebook Live, let's just um, just <laughs> quickly do a run through before we get into our next glass of wine of all the food in here. So and, and um, I'll eat chef, while you're talking. Liam, yeah. do you want to tell us? And Simone, do you both want to tell us what we're eating? Because there's yeah. so much food here. One of you has to get up to the mic and talk. Up to um, the mic. So uh, you have uh, to stand in front of the mic. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we do. We have a, quite a spread. Obviously, we do. See, so. It's an insane spread. Uh, the lasagna is uh, what they call vince grasse, which is a um, a typical uh, um, 
not a very typical lasagna you'd see here in the States. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so it's layered with our homemade prosciutto cotto that's been brined with truffles, porcinis, um, veal ragu, bechamelo, um, which is Italian bechamel, um, and uh, the real one. Just take the O off. Right? <laughs> yes. Um, it's stunning. It's very, um, it's very healthy. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Okay, so we got the lasagna. We have the... Simone, what do um, we have? Get close. I make some three upstanding uh, products of Umbria. It's the truffle, the saffron, and the lentils. Mm-hmm. And you have the um, eggs and truffle. Mm. It's a small plan with uh, eggs and truffle. Mm-hmm. And you have the panna cotta. It's a sweet with a fresh saffron. Right. And you have the lentil salad with the carrots and beets. So beautiful. And then we have all this gorgeous charcuterie. Chef, do you want to just tell us about it and the butcher? How about Scott? Scott, Scott? We, have, uh, <laughs> we have our house-made porchetta that we uh, make sandwiches. You got to stand in front of the mic, dude. <laughs> uh, so we have the porchetta that we make in-house. Uh, it's basically, in Italy, traditionally, it would be a whole pig, deboned and rolled up. Mm-hmm. Um, we do it with just a pork belly because we really like the pork fat. Mm-hmm. Also very healthy. Uh, we have uh, a house-made guanciale, which is a cured pork chowl. Um, mm-hmm. Sliced very thinly, as if it um, would be a lardo, a traditional uh, fatty snack you could put on toast. Mm-hmm. And then we have the... House-made prosciutto cotto, that's the same one that's in the Vinci Grassi. Excellent. Um, we also have some cheeses out. We have a pecorino, which is sheep's milk cheese from Montalcino, which mm-hmm. across the border from Umbria and Tuscany. Um, with that, oh, we have... so there's a little Tuscany invading here. Yeah. There's a little oh. Tuscany invading, and uh, we have the U.S. government to blame for that because of uh, import laws on what cheeses can come in. And what's yeah. the uh, Italian word for radio host who drops lasagna on his shirt? <laughs> um, Davide. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't there slob? Can't you say slob <laughs> in Italian? <laughs> porco. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Complete porco. Um, um, so, okay, so uh, go ahead with the cheeses, please. We have uh, two others? Yes, yeah, so we have, um, with that, uh, we also have uh, honey and nuts from uh, the same town, from Montalcino. Um, and then I have uh, soft bra, which is a, um, from a town called Bra in uh, Piedmont, really mm-hmm. far north, um, and a blue cheese from California, um, oh. because our cheese counter is not exclusively Italian. Right. Well, yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Given There's good cheeses that, everywhere. You know, why are there chocolates on the tray? <laughs> the uh, there are chocolates on the tray because there are cheeses inside the chocolates. <gasps> oh what God. kind of cheese? Here. Uh, so there's one with the goat cheese, one with the brie, and one with the blue. Well, we're about to find okay, out. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't like blue. All right, we'll find out. Oh, yeah. yeah. So good. <laughs> All right, so we'll get That's into good. the bachis in a little bit, but let's bring uh, Albertino, back. Albertino back up to the mic. So um, what did you pour us next, please? Now we're going in what we were talking before. So the Sagrantino grape, our local variety. Mm-hmm. Uh, our importer to make a joke, but they sound true in behind the joke. He normally say this is the Barolo from center part of Italy mm-hmm. because it's rich, powerful, very strong, and really need to age to be enjoyed the wine. So, mm-hmm. um, today, I think... Uh, we test in the 2012 vintage that was very good vintage for our area and territory uh, in general. So um, does this, compared to the Montefalco, does this wine age better? Mm. To the Montefalco Rosso? Yes, yes. Oh, actually, it's two different things. Okay. So normally Italian, uh, actually, for example, yesterday we have... Uh, a dinner, so last day too in Via Umbria, and Simone and Lian cooked beautiful Italian dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than Italian, I want to say Umbrian dinner, and we pair mm-hmm. with the wine. So right. we pair the gnocchi with uh, goose ragu with the Rossi Montefalco, that was mm-hmm. the, the previous wine. Um, never Italian will think to pair that with Sagrantino. Mm-hmm. Not because it's wrong, 
at, because the pair is always up to your own personal taste. Of course. But because mm -hmm. the idea is you need to have balance between the two. So say better or worse, I, I don't like to say that. I think uh, is what you're eating for. Mm -hmm. They decide which one you... you no, I didn't mean better or worse. I was curious given... It just seems that there's more... There's uh, the... Sargatino? Sargatino has a little more importance. Ah, yes. You know? Excuse me. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Sorry, my English as, is... No, 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 that's okay. <laughs> I wasn't her saying Italian what is. my <laughs> Italian is about. It's not nearly as good So um, as your English. So my question is, is it seems like that wine is more important. So does it age Yes. Better than yes. the Montefalco? Yes. Uh, the the, the Sagrantino is the big grape mm -hmm. in Montefalco because it's our local variety. Mm -hmm. I want to say Rosso is a blend of different grapes. So in this case, our blend is Sangiovese, Merlot, Cabernet, and Sagrantino. Well, mm -hmm. let me add, first of all, it's important to say that the party wines are carried at Via Umbria. So exactly. it is a great selection. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, are these the wines that your your grandfather and your uncles and everybody made? And do you ever experiment planting different grapes to see if you can come up with another addition to the family of wines? Or do you stay with what's what you know? No, we normally... The, it's funny to thinking about this, but the the big change for our fa our family is very traditional. <laughs> okay, uh, from two year old you be traditional already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way you you can change something. But uh, I give you the small example for my father today. The big change in the winery was producing four white wine. <laughs> for really? him, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. He said when I when we start we start the winery, I never was thinking to produce white wine because it was not something really special in Montefalco or really traditional in the way that we do. And now we produce four. So this was our big things. But we believe that we are in Montefalco. We want to really uh, bring Montefalco around so that we don't want to make something strange or different things. We want to, our tradition in, in as much possible way you taste in the Montefalco gotcha. around mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. Well, so Bill and Susie, before we took a break, and um, Liam and Simone, I'd love you both swallow first come up to the mic. <laughs> um, I really, um, we were talking about all these offerings at Via Umbria, and one of the things you do is you have um, classes, and then dinners, and then brunch. I mean, it, it's sort of a three-ring circus. There's just so much going on. So I, I'd love to understand how, how Chef works that, like... When are these dinners? When do they happen? How do people, I mean, other than going to the list, are you on com, obviously, yeah, to find out about it? But how do, how do people, plug. it's not shameless, how do people get in on what's happening? And Chef, how do you execute all of it? So the, the, the events themselves are on our, on our website and on the list, are you on it? <laughs> uh, and that's viaumbria.com. You can go to slash events or you just go to the homepage. Right. Uh, but uh, there's a full calendar of events. Uh, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we do what we call our dinner at the chef's table. And it's a fixed four-course uh, meal, single seating, communal table in the kitchen. So Liam is cooking right in front of you. Uh, the menu is known in advance. We can do a change out for people who have dietary restrictions and whatnot. But it's a dinner, a great dinner, and but it's a great dinner that's a social experience too because you're sitting at a communal table. Uh, we do wine pairings. You can either buy wine in our little wine shop downstairs and do it by the bottle, take home what you don't drink, or you can do a wine flight uh, that uh, matches with each of the courses. So those are really great social and, and great dinners. So that's on every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 
We do a whole series of cooking classes. Uh, we do a movie and a meal. Uh, last month, we we showed the movie Big Night. And mm-hmm. we did a cooking class a couple fun. days before that. That where, was my favorite. <laughs> exactly. That's my favorite. We're still dreaming about it. <laughs> exactly. So a couple what's days that, before. What's that? A Fetonote? What's that called? What's no. the title in Big it's Night? It's not. It's Big no, Night. No, no, in Italian. Amer- it's with I Stanley Tucci. It, for... It's got an Italian name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, 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 the whole reveal in that movie is the, 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 the big dinner. They're doing a thing called a timpano, a giant uh, pasta dish. Oh, it, I saw pictures of it. Exactly. Yeah. So two days before the, the, the movie screening, we did a cooking class where people came and made the, t- the timpano with, yeah. uh, with Okay, Liam. for people who don't know what a timpano is, can you explain it quickly? It's, as they say in the movie, it's all the most wonderful things in the world thrown into one pot and baked with pasta. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. Is it always a food movie or any movie? It's, no, no, it could be an right. Italian. In that yeah. movie. And Simone will know this. The original Swept Away with Giancarlo Giannini and Mariangela Malato was one of the great Italian movies of all time. That and okay. Grande Alpha. You were talking about yeah. that. Yeah. Nothing to do with Remember that one? That anybody yeah. Else yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm just connecting with Simone. Okay, that's you can all. connect with him off air because nobody's talking the rest about some Italian movie. Nobody that. cares. Yeah, Simone cares. But, but with Big Night, it does have Isabella Rossellini. So that, yeah. that, right. yeah. that ain't bad either. So does, what was it, Blue Iris? Oh, okay. well. All right. That's you another are, movie. You are totally off on a tangent that has nothing to do with anything. So, so yes. we do the movie in the night. We yes. also do Bottomless Brunch on Sundays. Again, communal seating starts at 1230. Do you need buy reservations for advance. that? Okay. You do. It's you not buy just a, a reservation, it's a ticket. All of these are so events. Smart. So um, buy your tickets, come to the events. And, Is um, it only people who don't have a bottom? Is that what you mean? <laughs> Indeed. It's a little there. embarrassing. No, don't go there. They will have one after they're done brunch. <laughs> I just, I, I'm just asking. So sh- uh, and then on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, that's when we do our, like every Tuesday we do a cocktail, I mean a um, pasta and dessert class. And then on Wednesdays we do cocktail classes, wine tastings, cheese tastings. Again, different events that you can sign up for. Well, so, all right, I'm going to bring Scott up to the mic. We're going to have to take a break in two minutes. But Scott, so as the butcher. Yes. I mean, it's kind of amazing that this shop has a butcher shop because there's not a lot of those in DC. Right. So, what is it like? What is it that you're doing there? What are the kind of offerings that so, you have? So, I mean, two things. We um, we wanted to highlight uh, Umbria, which is known for its meat. I mean, the town of Norcia, right there in Umbria, is pretty much the oldest place that was curing meats that mm-hmm. we know of um, in history. And so, we want to tie that in. So, we have a fantastic yeah. selection of charcuterie. Um, both imported and artisanally produced here. Um, you're talking about meat crafters. We sell their skinny salamis that's made locally. We will remind Mitch of that because he was like, hey, put me in touch. They need to sell my salamis. <laughs> we do. We do. Uh, but we also, I mean, in the spirit of all Italian food, we want to source locally. So we get some really good, um, fresh local meats. We uh, source from Anamalo Farms in Virginia. We get the mm-hmm. pork and the porchetta that's on the plate was made with, you know, pigs that were two hours away from here. Which is amazing. But yeah. are they done? So when you're curing, are we curing in the Umbrian style? Yeah. Um, I mean, everything we do is traditional. Uh, the nice thing with everything on the plate except for the guanciale is that it is actually their cooked charcuterie items, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some, you know, where you get they're a little bit more healthy um, and they can ma- be made a little bit more efficiently. And a lot of people tend to like them a little bit more. Uh, with guanciale, is, is something on there that is unique and we do very traditionally Umbrian style um, and that's what you would use in your pasta dishes as well, your carbonara and your stuff like that. Well, and, can you explain what that is? Because yeah. for the for people who don't know, I know we do. We have, oh, we have to go to break. All right, All right when we'll we come do, back, we'll, come we'll back. talk about that. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. You should be in studio. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. 
Again, I want to thank ProFish, the market at River Falls, Central Farm Markets, and Meat Crafters for sponsoring the show. And Valentine's Day is coming up. And absolutely, the market at River Falls has a has a great selection for Valentine's Day, as does Via Umbria. Yes, Look at they that. do. Susie's over there. You better say Via Umbria, dude. <laughs> yeah. So somebody asked if we ha- if you carry the wine Venaccia. And the question is, do you mean from Umbria or from San Gimignano, where the world's greatest torture museum happens to be? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, All right. Well, let's go back to our butcher. So... I, it's such a, I, and I, this is also for Bill and Susie and Liam for you too. It must be so nice to have access to freshly butchered product because while Simone probably has that in Italy all the time because that's how everybody. That's how they roll. That's how they roll, right? Like everybody cuts their own. I mean, it must be so nice to have that. But are you butchering whole animals? How is it working at Via Umbria? So it's a combination. Um, when we have, when we can bring in whole animals, we absolutely do. Okay. Uh, we brought in a whole pig just a few weeks ago. We'll be bringing in a few lambs uh, next month. But also, uh, and when we do that, we've been, you know, uh, we don't just butcher them. We often will do it as a class. Mm-hmm. So we butchered a, a, a half of a, a, you know, a pig, and we had people come and, and work on that. And they made uh, sausages and whatnot, uh, and then we just served them up that weekend for dinner. Doing the same thing with lamb coming up over Easter. Exactly, and you know, and when we when we can't bring in the whole animal, we do bring in whole primals. So it is still uh, in the spirit of doing nose to tail, where nothing gets wasted, and we use every piece that we can mm-hmm. um, to really respect the animal and um, continue on the tradition and spirit of Italian butchery, where nothing is wasted. Right. <laughs> well, no, I think that's. <laughs> I mean, that is sort of the beauty of Italian cooking is that they. They do not waste anything, and it's mm-hmm. all incorporated. Um, it's not always to the American palate mm-hmm. because, like, Americans aren't traditionally interested in offal mm-hmm. or, um, you know. Well, and I think tri- that's actually <laughs> something that's changing. I mean, we get a lot of interest and in a lot of people putting in some, you know, what uh, could be considered very strange requests of uh, meats to bring in, and it's something we really I want try a bag to do. Of- Pig noses, boy. To go. Are there cuts of? Are there ways of cutting? Whether it's pig or cow or lamb, are there cuts that are more specific to Italian taste than there are to American taste? um, American butchery traditionally, you take a saw, you start hacking at the animal, you just cut through, you cut through muscles willy nilly. which it is, sounds like the mafia. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of that body. But in Italy, um, Italy, you don't do that. And um, in European butchery in general, you, you're very careful. And you know, with like a six-inch blade, you can take down an entire cow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you, and the purpose of that is making sure that you get these whole muscles that you can then cure. Um, for example, the way most American butchery is done on a pig, you can't get the actual capicola. And you can't get that, you know, really prized Italian cured meat because of where we cut the head off the body. Interesting. Um, so it's just, and there's a number of different examples of that. Like guanciale is another good example. It's hard to find a... Okay, um, right. Tell people what guanciale, guanciale is, So it's a cured jowl. Um, it's not the cheek, which is a common confusion. Here. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Um, the jowl. Yeah, David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh. Oh. I love the jowl. <laughs> That's all right. You know, I mentioned the mafia early. Have someone else start your car today. I have to be honest. None of you are going to have to pay for that later. (laughs) me. I should. I'll I'll take it. Go ahead. So it's a jowl. It's a jowl. And so it's uh, culinarily used in a lot of the same ways you would use pancetta um, in various pasta dishes. Uh, But it's got more fat, and the fat has a sweeter flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just ends up everything you make is just more delicious. So you cure it. 
You cure it. And when you say that, what does that mean? So that means uh, you put it on salt with some whatever seasonings you would do. I mean, every little town in central Italy does it a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, every butcher has a different recipe. Um, so it's it, and then you let it sit for a period of time, you know, a couple weeks, and then you let it hang and dry a little bit more. So now, is it the three of you? Is it like a brain trust over here? Do you all work together? <laughs> Simone yeah. and the butcher and well, Liam, Liam does all the work, but then we take the credit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and actually, and Simone, Simone just looked at me and he said, "I'm the one with the brain." Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, do you all work together to come up with? I mean, Simone, I know you're not here all the time, but I assume that everybody wants to work together to come up with fabulous flavors to offer. So, does everybody sort of put their heads together and taste the product and say, "Okay, next time we're going to do X" or? How do you how do you keep it fresh and and keep it moving? It's actually more like we all sit down together for about ten minutes and we're like, uh, we got to bang out this menu. Okay, <laughs> that sounds like a way oh, to do it. Don't too. say that in front of Bill and Susan. Right. <laughs> we're part of that that conversation. Right, everybody's part of that conversation. <laughs> yeah. One, right. thing, one thing though, I, I wanted to uh, circle around because you're, you know, we've got all these Italians in in studio, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're asking questions about how they collaborate with our American staff and all that. Really, I mean, what Susie and I have been trying to do is create this community and sort of bring to America what we found in Italy. And, um, you know, for, for amateurs that got into it, uh, into this sort of thing, it's it's really, uh, you know, heartening to see, you know, a Simone and an Albertino, you know, with uh, Scott and uh, Liam and just this sort of teamwork that's been created. You know, we have a, a farmhouse over in Italy. Uh, we take tour groups over uh, for weekly food and wine, week-long food and wine tours. And that's how we got to meet all these people, and that's how our, our customers have been able to meet them over there. But when we bring the, the Italians over to Via Umbria, it's almost like a homecoming. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, when C- Simone is here or Albertino, it's like everyone recognizes them. Not everyone, obviously, but the, what we're trying to do is create something where – where there is this sort of international bridge, bridge. yeah, it's, and yeah. it's uh, you know we've we've gotten some traction finally over the last couple of years, and it's uh, really rewarding. Well, I, I would imagine that that's really nice that people get very excited mm-hmm. when these partners that you have met over the years come in, Absolutely. and people want to see them and see what they're doing. Indeed, it's a really nice opportunity. I think we want to bring. I well, want to bring Albertino back. Before we do that, what? you brought in donuts. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just want to say that I mean bombolonis, obviously, yeah, but donuts. Ciambelle. From... All right, well, let's hear it. All right, you forced me to do it. Oh my god. There you go, kid. All right, but we only have two minutes. I don't so want let's... that. Any any oh, restaurant I've, I've ever. I mean, I do, but I'm not. <laughs> Here we go. Any restaurant I work that we've always tried to kind of perfect the donut, mm-hmm. and this is just one of those things to have in the morning. Right. Um, and then you know my pastry chef came over. She's been with you know been with us for quite a while, she actually for magic. about eight years. Uh-huh. Um, and we had to we had to represent the donuts. So. <laughs> right, we got about a minute. Albertino a donut. Eat these. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> these are good. I'm digging into the chocolate truffles. Come on right back. One thing so Albertino, this wine is spectacular. No, yes. what is this wine? This, this one the... I wasn't expecting it. This is the traditional way to make Sagrantino. So it's Sagrantino Passito, that means sweet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to tell you this little bit story before you make me another question. Go fast. Right, yeah. I go fast, but when we start the winery, we restart to tell you how much professional are the winemakers in Italy. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> when we restart, my father and my uncle, Agostino, was really relaxed. And they say, you, you are studying winemaker. We have expert winemaker helping you. You do everything. No worries. You decide whatever you like. That's your style. I was very young, so it was a big opportunity mm. for me to grow up very quickly. 
And we start to talking about how make uh, Rosso, how make Sagrantino, which style we like. When we start to talking about Pasito, my father step up and say, I make vinegar, but I know how make Pasito. <laughs> so <laughs> you're doing this way. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. You, you study, you have extra wine maker. He wants to make it. He wants my recipe. That's how fathers are. Just to, tell, just to tell you how is it. But this is, is this a dessert wine? Uh, today, yes. Today is considered dessert wine, even if uh, until 70 years ago, 50 Because, I mean, ago. it's a bold dessert wine, but, mm-hmm. like, it I does. just ate it with the truffle. And Absolutely. it pairs so beautifully. Yes. Is uh, is uh, again seventy years ago was the traditional wine to drink during the Easter time mm-hmm. with the rose lamb. So okay. for us yeah. was that not considered yeah. uh, sweet wine, but on the meal. And Bill and Susan have the time to experience with the gaming. Yeah, that was <laughs> right, good. Yeah. Exactly. But the wine we drank right before, the Sagrantino Secco, the dry one, only right. came into existence in the seventies. Yes. Until then, from the fifteen hundreds until today, it was always this style. Uh, in the sweet, and the, so it's not a dessert wine. And we use it as dessert. We sort of pushed into that category. But before, they would eat it with game. They would eat it with yeah. lamb uh, for Easter. Well, I get that because it would break the fat. I mean, mm-hmm. I understand mm-hmm. why you exactly. would, but you're the first wine, the first. Um, I can't pronounce Sagrantino. it. Thank you. I can't pronounce it, so I don't want to butcher it. Um, no, that wine that. is so drinkable. I have to stop. You I know now. the show's over. All right. So All right. before before we wrap this up, ago. tell everybody how to find Via Umbria on the street and online. On the street, you go into Georgetown. It's on Wisconsin Avenue at fifteen twenty-five Wisconsin Avenue Northwest. We're at the corner of Wisconsin and Volta, which runs between P and Q, mm-hmm. right in Georgetown. On the web, we're at viaumbria.com. Uh, and what else do we got? I'm going to say it. So you can go there and buy textiles and your Italian needs like pasta and vinegars and etc. Or you can go and get fresh butchered meats. There's fabulous cheeses. There is an incredible Italian uh, uh, pottery area mm-hmm. and linens. We got the linens. They're there too. <laughs> uh, and then upstairs there are cooking classes, dinners, brunch, etc. It's a wonderful place and the coffee is delicious if you are an Italian coffee drinker as well. They have a great program. Uh, so we want to thank you all for joining us today and um you need to say something italian because i don't speak italian Ciao tutti. there we go uh please join us next week on foodie and the beast we'll have another delicious show please have a delicious week